Today on CityCast Chicago, Big Mama Stephanie Dolson from the Chicago Sky, track star Tori Franklin from Suburban Westmont, judo competitor Nefeli Papadakis from Gurney. Those are just some of the athletes repping Chicago at the Olympics. The Tribune's Stacey St. Clair has been all around Olympic Village to keep us posted about how they're doing at the Games. But there are some places she can't go in Tokyo. There's a ramen restaurant right next door. I can't go get takeout ramen. I can get Uber Eats from that ramen store, but I can't go in that store myself. It's Thursday, July 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. We're sitting down again with Stacy to catch up on how the Chicago area athletes are doing. But first, the story on everybody's mind is Simone Biles. The U.S. gymnast decided to sit out the individual all-around final to prioritize her health and well-being. So I asked Stacy if it sent as big a shockwave through Olympic Village as it did Twitter. It did. Um, I was at softball last night when Simone backed out and all of a sudden... You could hear all the journalists in their different languages, like talking, and then you'd hear da 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 Simone Biles, da 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 Simone, and not just with the American journalists. I mean, she's the face of the Tokyo Games, just like Michael Phelps transcended country, uh, Simone transcends country, and it's shocking, and I think it's sad, and I think it's just very, very telling of how stressful the past the past year has been. Yeah, because it's not just in the moment feeling nervous, right? It's it's a combination of things. Your parents, your support mm-hmm. system are often yeah. not there. Uh, you're, you're also dealing with being the face of not just your team, but the world right. stage. For me, it just seemed like such a brave choice because who makes that choice during arguably you know, one of the most impactful moments of their life. Right. I mean, I think if you, you know, I've had the the privilege of actually seeing her uh, compete live and you don't do the kind of things she does on a, you know, few inches of wood on a balance beam or the the vault that she does without having a certain amount of uh, fearlessness about you. And the fact that she could be so broken right now that she, she can't, um, do what what comes really second nature to her and as a role model to again to have the courage to make that decision in front of the Mm -hmm. world to then stand there and support your teammates to come in front of the media and to give your answers with such conviction you know that is an injury as well It, it doesn't seem the same as an achilles or an acl and for her to give some of her teammates then an opportunity like that I thought spoke a lot uh, about who she is as a role model. Yeah, I thought coming out and and addressing it was was one of the most important things she did for her teammates because otherwise they were going to have to be the ones to answer. I I thought that was that was very brave. But I think they just needed reassurance that they were going to be okay. And look, they were. They did it without me, and they're Olympic silver medalists. Being able to put my feet in huge shoes at the end of the day is definitely a huge thing because no matter what, we're a team and. We did this and we knew what we had to do. And that's why we have teammates, because if somebody's feeling down, you have to step up and they did just that. So kudos to them. 
No, kudos to you. <laughs> I saw a video a couple of days ago that really kind of blew me away. I don't know if you saw it, but it was at the end of the triathlon. And I mean, to watch people just like fall on the ground one after the next. Can you tell me a little bit about the Chicago area triathlete Kevin McDowell, who was competing in what looked like a brutal ass event? So Kevin McDowell is from Geneva. And um, when he was he's 28 now, but when he was 18, he was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma cancer. You know, he thought his career was over, not not from the cancer, because it was one of those cancers that had a very high survival rate, but he thought his career was over just because of what it did to the chemo did to the body, the cancer did to the body. He was a, a discretionary pick, which meant the U.S. triathlon selected him sort of as their their second spot. And he was just, he was going to do the relay, which is this coming Saturday. And, and this was sort of his warm-up race. And he just had the race of his life. At one point he was, he was in second, but he ended up finishing sixth, which is the, the best, uh, an American male has ever done. And he is one of the ones who collapsed as soon as he crossed the the finish line. But to his credit, he is not one of the ones who vomited. I don't know if you remember that scene from Stand By Me where they have the pie eating contest and, and they all get sick. So it was just like that. Like these guys were like throwing up and then they were kind of <laughs> rolling around in it. Sixth place in the triathlon for Kevin McDowell, for, but gold medal for not throwing up. Um at the end of the race. <laughs> How are the other Chicago athletes doing? Hopefully a little bit better than some of those triathletes. So uh, Stephanie Dolson, who's on the Chicago Sky, she's become a huge um, sort of uh, figure here. Mm-hmm. Big mama. Yeah, big mama. She's doing the three-on-three basketball, which, you know, is, you sort of have the feel of like when you're at the park and you're watching you know, a couple guys play pickup. That's kind of the, f- the feel it was. And this is something that like families really could have enjoyed here because the games are short, the rules are pretty easy. There's not a lot of fouls being called. There's there's you know, and it, it, there's music and there's there's dancers and mm-hmm. so I I've done that. I'm going to judo tomorrow for Nefeli Papadakis, who is um she's got a great story. She was coached by her dad uh, since she was four years old, and her dad only has like his judo background is a couple judo classes in college and four books that he's read over and over and over again. Wow. And that's the extent of his, his background in, in judo. But he's coached her into becoming a an Olympian. So, you know, good on him. Judo for dummies need to put that in a <laughs> testimonial. Yes. We create Olympic exactly. athletes sometimes. Exactly. Stacey, what are some of the other events that you've covered? You said you've gone to softball. You've watched a little bit of sailing. Yep. Um, let's see where I've, I've been to... Um, some swimming. I saw Olivia Smaliga from uh, Glenview swim. I've uh, been to soccer. I went to um, the Mexico-France soccer game because I wanted to see what it was like in these empty stadiums. What was it like? Oh, my gosh. So you know how you can picture any soccer stadium, right, with the singing and the chanting and, and everything. Mexico scored a goal and it was so quiet in, in the stadium, I could still hear the cicadas buzzing in the trees outside because there was nobody in the stands. So I think it's a little obvious that you being at these Olympic events means you're no longer in quarantine. So when did you officially get off lockdown and start reporting? I officially was let loose from my uh, hotel um, on Thursday morning, last Thursday morning. So um, I, I still don't have a lot of freedom 
I can't, I can only go to Olympic venues on uh, approved Olympic transportation. I can go still for my 15 minutes to the store. I got that restored. Good time, I guess. I don't know. Freedom. Freedom. I know, exactly. But like, I can't go to, there's a ramen restaurant right next door. I can't go get takeout ramen. I can get Uber Eats from that ramen store, but I can't go in that store myself. It's very locked down and I you know I think people are starting to get a little little antsy a little stressed out about sort of the the restrictions what are the protocols looking like to actually get into the Olympic events and you know what do they look like while you're there this is my fourth Olympic Olympics and it's the first one I've covered where like personal safety isn't really um an issue I, I don't find like the security to go through like in 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 London and in Sochi it was just so thorough and so many checkpoints and every zipper was unzipped and that doesn't seem to be the case here but they wash us watch us sanitize our hands we have a system that's logging in how often we turn in our um our tests our our spit tests and there's an app i fill in um every morning with my temperature and how i'm feeling and and things like that so and I also have a tracking app on my phone, which the media really pushed back on because we're not really fans of being tracked by the government. So that way they know if I'm on a bus with someone who tests positive the next day, they'll, they'll know that I was in vicinity of that person and I will be put into um, jail, basically, in COVID jail. Oh, man. It's interesting that you say that maybe the security on like maybe pat downs and looking through your bags might be lax compared to Sochi, London, even Rio. And I like that the implication of that is the officials are like, it's because we watching you. Yeah, basically. We know what's in your bag. We tracking you. Stacy. I don't need to look in your bag when you get here. I know what's in your blood. I know what's in your spit. Exactly right. They have our DNA. Uh, it may be too early to call it, but do you have a you know a sentence or a summary of what Tokyo 2020, a.k.a. 2021, looks like? Let me think. Tokyo 2021 looks like um, it could still be a super spreader event. That that's I guess that's where I'll I'll stay. I I, I don't want to say what I think it's going to look like because I think we're not going to know what it looks like here for a couple weeks after everything's said and done. The cases are still going up. You know, maybe that was too negative, concentrating on the, on the, on the COVID thing. If that's what it is, that's what it is. Well, I mean, I think Simone could have a real legacy here, right? I think she could be the story of the games. I think when all is said and done, you know, the, the lockdowns that we went through and, and the, you know, the 15 minute rules will be largely, you know, kind of funny stories we tell, but I just don't know what the lead of these games are. I mean, it might be, you know, women like Simone and Naomi Osaka speaking up about mental health. Mm. Well, I'll well, ask you one more question before I let you go, because you've been there now, you've done quarantine, mm-hmm. you've moved through the anxiety of the protocols you go through, but also watching how Tokyo is impacted. Ultimately, are you excited that you went to Tokyo this year? I am. I am because, you know, one of the best things about covering an Olympics is that you see people trying to be their best selves whether it's Kevin McDowell, you know, running the race of a lifetime or Simone Biles, like taking a courageous step. Like you see people who are always in the moment trying to do their best. And 
I think after the past 15 months, when I didn't see a lot of that, it's a privilege for me to, to come here and, and, and see people um, do that and sort of embrace their, their better selves. Stacey St. Clair is covering the Olympics in Tokyo for the Chicago Tribune. And from myself and CityCast Chicago, Stacey, let me tell you, you are doing your best. Aw, thank you. Thank you for joining us again. Anytime. Have a good night as we get our morning started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Goodbye from the future. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago has expanded the at-home vaccination program, meaning... If you are 12 or older and live in the city, you can get the COVID vaccine at home. They will even pay you in $25 gift cards. To address racial disparities in Big Weed, the first of three Illinois lotteries will take place today. 55 new licenses will be awarded to applicants hoping to open dispensaries, plus the state already notified winners of the more than 200 total licenses to grow, infuse, and transport cannabis. Speaking of the munchies, some good news to get you through. Tomorrow, I've got a two-for-one special in the loop. Head down to Daily Plaza for the return of the Food Truck Festival at lunch, and then head over to Seneca Park across from the Museum of Contemporary Art. Eli's is giving out free slices for National Cheesecake Day. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.